This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to another edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast, where I talk to my wife, Sylvia Del Carmen Roberts, about TV we like. We initially did The Affair many months ago. We are back again by popular demand to discuss a TV show that I got to tell you, when you first told me about it, honey, I wasn't sure it was going to be something I was going to love. And then I became addicted to it. You were addicted to it. And we just finished moments ago the show You. Now, how the hell did you find this show? Because you saw it before I did, or at least found out about it before I did. It's on Netflix. So, you know, I was just scrolling and I saw it. And then I also read about it. So people were saying it was entertaining, to say the least. So there was a Met game going on. And you said, I can't watch this crap anymore. I need to find a show to watch while Evan's cursing at Robinson Cano for hitting a weak ground ball to second base. (laughs) And that's the show you came up with. That's the one. And what's interesting to me is, because we love watching shows together, but this time of year with a lot of baseball, with the Nets in the playoffs, I think that it was good for you to find shows that you can watch without me. When you first saw this, did you not think I was going to be into it? I didn't think so because it's dark and you're not really into that kind of stuff. So I imagine, let me just watch it. He's probably not going to be interested. So I was super surprised when you're like, oh, check it out well you know what intrigued me about it so you had seen what like three episodes before we started watching it I together watched two yeah two. Oh, okay and then we you rewatched the two with me and obviously we got into it binged all 10 episodes i, I think the way you described how it's kind of like a romantic comedy but then it's sort of insane in a weird way intrigued me because it felt different it felt like okay that, that that's something that's strange it's like a romantic comedy that's upside down romantic comedy on drugs like it's obviously not your typical romantic comedy it's also not a show we usually watch because i know we watched the affair and that was the last one we did here but most of the shows we watch i would say are half hour comedies like quick veep is a show that we've watched a lot of we binged friends a couple of years ago obviously a classic we tend to binge more of those easy breezy we can go to bed right after without having nightmare kind of shows. Yeah, this one isn't like that. No, geez, not at all. And those are the shows we like to talk about, apparently, on podcasts, the dark shows. But when you described it, I said, right, let's give it a try. Because it is true that this time of year during the summer when there's a lot of baseball going on, we tend to, to binge less shows because there's just less time in the day. Um, during the winter when it's just you know a couple of hockey games or basketball games during the week, I think we have more times to binge. And I think that was the part that intrigued me, that we haven't binged a show in a while. Let's find something. And because there were only 10 episodes, what did it take, a week and a half for us to binge this? Was it even that long? I don't think so. We did it fast. We did it very fast, which is obviously the only thing we do fast, all right? Everything else (laughs) takes a long time. 
Um, I agree with you, though. At the beginning of the show, I thought it was kind of funny because, and I assume anybody listening right now has watched you. I think this podcast would be very difficult to follow if you've never seen this show because at first, this Joe Goldberg guy, the book guy, he's sort of likable. It's like your typical romantic comedy. He's really interested in the girl that walks in. And, hey, I got to go find a way to somehow get with her. And where it really became weird to me, the moment that things got strange, and this may have been the first episode, is when he ended up with her phone. It was (laughs) very fast. Even after he saved her on the train, the fact that he stole the phone, logged into the iCloud account, and now is basically inside of her head constantly, that was the part where it's like, yeah, that's not cool. (laughs) I'm not doing that. Well, for me, it happened sooner, and I don't know what this says about like the comfort level. But remember, she paid for her books. He looked at her credit card, found her name, then started Googling her, checked out all of her social media. That's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. But he was making this narrative of who he thought she was. Right. Like, talking about her as if he already knew her. Um... That's not weird to you? Well, maybe the aspect of the way he tried to figure out what she was was weird, but I think the idea that you meet somebody and you Google them and you try to find out more information about them when you're interested in dating them, I think is very normal. No, but I think like from, and maybe it's because I knew that he wasn't, like from the start, you hear about the show, you already have a sense that it's not a typical love story. So you already know coming in, he's going to be different. But for me, it's just like the way he went about everything seemed a little bit like, I don't know, it was going down that road. I guess I have a a wider threshold on what becomes weird. Getting the phone, though, is weird. I'm sorry. I mean, stealing somebody's phone, no matter how you did it, and it was kind of mysterious because it was when she was in the subway. I also, by the way, I love shows that are based in New York City because they feel more relatable. I've lived in Queens. You've lived in the city. I don't know. I just feel like that's... (laughs) <laughs> it's something I'm more used to. Oh, I see somebody inside of a, a train station. When I'm watching a show, we, we love The Ranch, which is another show we've binged, the Ashton Kutcher show. It's obviously a little bit more unrelatable because it's based on a ranch. I've only seen a ranch on TV. I've never experienced it. So I do like shows that are based out of New York City where it's, it's dating in New York City. I mean, think about it, right? So it's something that at least maybe in my brain I like because it's relatable. No, it was definitely dating in New York. I mean... How much more and closer can you get that? And obviously stealing cell phones, which I did to you. I got into your iCloud account. That's how I knew that you liked me. It reminded me of our love story. (laughs) (laughs) It was very similar. That was the part where it got really, really weird. And then the obsession with, I don't know if we call him the ex-boyfriend, but the guy, the first guy he ended up killing, (laughs) which is just Benji. The obsession with Benji. And and that was the thing. It, It kept pushing the envelope of oddness. But while Goldberg was odd, he was also likable. And they did a very good job of kind of confusing you, at least confusing me, and in one breath me wanting to say, hey, I like this guy. Look at him stepping up for Paco, whose mom is getting beat up by that douchey boyfriend. But then the other side of me says, this guy's a freaking creep. He stole a cell phone. He's obsessed with this ex-boyfriend. The talking to himself. I know it's not really talking to himself. It's the narration of what's going on. That narration felt creepy. Well, the thing for me is that from the very the get-go, they make him very likable, the inside joke. Like he's laughing, making good jokes. and um, But it, there's this unsettling feeling that underlies all of that. And 
initially maybe you can pinpoint what it is exactly that's weird about it for me it got weird really quickly i know it took you a little bit longer slightly but obviously by the time like you said the cell phone and everything else that happened afterwards you know that this isn't a normal relationship you know what's also weird and i think this is and you guys are going to notice this me and my wife are so different when it comes to what we want to know okay we just finished the final episode of season one and in the middle of the final episode i wanted to guess to her what i think was going to happen and i pause it and i said do you know how this ends and she looks at me and doesn't answer at first and i was like oh my god I was like, should i say it <laughs> and so i said wait a second do you know how this ends and she does and you know after the we we, we caught, i let it go you know we I, I gave you my prediction which i was wrong about on how it would end Watch the final episode. It ends. And right before we start this, I say, why do you want to know the end? And you gave a good reason for why you want to know the end. I mean, with this type of show, I enjoy it. It's a thriller. It's different from what we normally watch. But I already have a sense it's not going to end well. I mean, and for me, it just helps with the anxiety to know how is it going to end. And then, you know, I enjoy the way along the road. But... It just helps me. I guess this would help me before a jet season to know, hey, they're going to finish 6 and 10. <laughs> so as you watch these games, this is where it's going. The reason I brought this up now is that at this point early on, and I don't know if I said this to you, I really didn't fully know where the show was even going. And what I mean by that is not how it was going to end. I didn't really know where it was going. In fact, I thought maybe an episode in, because you had told me briefly what it was about. Oh, it's kind of weird, blah, blah, blah. I never thought he was going to end up with her. I thought the whole show was going to be him stalking her, him watching her date, him because that's what it was in the first episode. I actually thought they were going to sustain that, and when he encountered her, stole her cell phone, saved her at the subway, I was a little surprised because I thought, oh, okay, so they're actually going to, he's going to talk to her. Oh, wait, he's going to date her. Oh, wait, he's going to make love to her. Oh, wait, they're a couple. I, I honestly thought it was just going to be stalking for 10 episodes. Wouldn't that be boring, though? Like, how far could you get with that? You could go very far. I don't know. I think it was more interesting the way it developed. Oh, no, no. I like the way it developed, but I thought his manipulation could have been he's breaking into her phone and sees that she's about to go on a date with this guy. Oh, let me randomly show up. Because remember, he was showing up to places, and we even said, she just ran into him at a bookstore. Wouldn't she recognize him? So yeah. I thought they were going to continue with that longer and longer. I'm, I, you're right. I'm glad they didn't because it went into a better place. Because remember, and I don't know which episode this happened, when she went out with her dad. And at first we didn't know it was her dad. We thought she was just screwing around with this older guy. And he followed her to that place. We were both even saying, doesn't she recognize him? They're, at that point, they're already dating, yet he's showing up to these places. I was surprised how he still followed her everywhere and somehow he kept not being seen by her Yeah, until that one moment when she did see him. Did, but did you know that was going to end up being her father or were you surprised at that? I was surprised. I didn't know who he was. So wasn't that good to be surprised? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was still surprised. There were a lot of surprises along the way. I just didn't want to know whether or not what happened at the end. I wanted to be prepared. That whole father thing and family thing with the stepmom, it didn't really... It didn't add much. Yeah, it didn't add much. I, it, that almost felt, sometimes you get these in these shows, where it felt like filler. They were just, they needed to get through an episode. And I didn't realize this until recently, the origin of this show, that it was on Lifetime, it didn't get picked up, and Netflix took it over, 
and obviously that's how we're watching it through Netflix. I didn't realize it until a buddy of mine at work who's probably listening to this podcast right now said, did you not notice the cuts early on as if they were going to commercial break? Mm. I didn't even think about that when he said it. I thought back to it. I was like, oh, yeah. So I'm not sure what episode was the moment where it became a Netflix show as compared to a Lifetime show. I thought it was a Netflix show. I mean, not Netflix. Lifetime the entire season. I don't think so. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think at some point that I could be wrong too, but I think at some point Netflix took over. And if they did... It was seamless because I never felt as if the show moved in a different direction. It, it stayed pretty consistent on what it was. Yeah. So I thought of a reason why the father story was in there. Go ahead. So she has problems with intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. Like she ended up cheating on him. And why did she cheat on him? Because she realized, I love you. I'm scared of loving someone because I've been hurt in the past. By who? Her dad. Right. Her dad left her. She was scared of intimacy, and there you go. Oh, so the daddy issues is what you're daddy talking about. Daddy issues, exactly. Which murder was weirder, when she, when he killed Benji or when he killed Peach? Peach. Yeah, the Peach thing was kind of effed up. It was very messed up. <laughs> well, you know why? Because she was, of all the characters, she was the one that knew that there was something off about him. Like, yeah. she was on to him. From the beginning. Yeah, including Ron. And Ron but Ron wasn't that as interesting. Which one was Ron? Uh, Claudia's boyfriend, remember the neighbor? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know what, though? The guy was beating her up. He was just such a horrible scumbag that it's tough to even... Like, I think that he hated him not because he thought something was up, just that here's this creepy neighbor neighbor who's getting in the way of the fact that I'm this horrible prick, basically, who's beating up my girlfriend or whatever it was. That guy was just... That was tough to watch. I, I know that sounds weird because we're talking about a show with murder, but... In a weird way, the murder feels fake. It feels like, ah, it's just part of a show. I got angry when I saw Ron beat up uh, Claudia. Like, it just, I don't know why in a weird way it resonated as more real. And I know nothing is real in this show, and murder can be real, and beating up your girlfriend can be real. Totally get it. But for whatever reason, that that part angered me more. And maybe that's why Goldberg was likable, because of the way he was bothered by that, and the way he was trying to help out Paco, the little yeah. kid. Maybe that's why it was especially disturbing was because the kid was seeing it all. I know. Every single time. Yeah, the Peach thing, it's funny. I I never thought early on he was really going to be a murderer. I know you did because I think that was the episode where you said, okay, hey, let's watch this show. I I joined in when he killed... um, Once he killed Benji, he was a murderer. Like, I I knew he was... You knew he was going to kill Peach He was going to kill other people. Did you think the season was going to end, though, with him killing the woman of his dreams? Initially, I didn't think so. And when I read it... Uh, when the hell did you read this? How early on? I mean, like halfway through the season. Halfway through the season, you knew? <laughs> I was. You didn't find out, right? I was good about no, that. No, no, listen. You are great like that. I'm giving you all the props in the world. I, you're one of the few people in the world I trust to know the outcome of a Met game exactly. before I know it. Exactly. And I do the same exact things with Met games, jet, every, all the games. If Why? I DVR it. If you DVR it, yeah. I like to know, so I'm prepared. But I never give on to the outcome of the game. No, I try to be great. really good about it. So. No, you're great. I just, I, I guess, this is where we're very different. We have a lot of similarities. In some areas, we're different. I don't like knowing the result. If it's a thriller, I, I need to know. I, I To the very end, and I don't know how you kept a straight face. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but during the final <laughs> episode, when she fought, what's her name again? I have a mental block. Oh, Beck. 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 I don't know why. I have a mental block against the blonde's name. I was just going to call her the blonde. 
Other, the author. I'll be more official. Guinevere. Guinevere. Right. Yeah. Gu- Guinevere. That I won't forget. When Guinevere found out that he was a killer, right? He found, she found the box in the top of the bathroom. And by the way, how did she know to look up there? Wasn't there something that happened right before? Paco told her. That's right. Paco said you... Paco said Joe had told him you always hide things in the ceiling of your bathroom. By the way, right after this, I'm going into the ceiling of our bathroom. I want to see what the hell you're hiding up there. <laughs> but when Guinevere found out that he was a killer, I still didn't think he was going to kill her. Because in my brain, here's how my brain's working. I'm thinking about season two, right? I know there's a season two. That's the only spoiler I have is that they're eventually going to have a season two. So my brain is telling me, how are they getting to season two? Beck's got to be in season two. So I honestly thought he was going to brainwash her into buying everything that he was selling about. I did this for you. The murderers weren't really, it wasn't really murder. It was make your life better. I actually thought she was just going to be, yeah. Do you think she was going to go and start murdering people too? I I didn't think that far ahead, no. I think that'd be stupid, obviously. But I thought that maybe there'd be some brainwashing. And when they flashed and showed her dead, which is like the last three minutes of the show and the season finale, it bothered me. It's like when What's-Her-Name died in the affair. When a main character dies off, it is a little surreal. I kept thinking, no, maybe she escaped because they don't really show, they don't show the death, period. Right, right. So there's a part of you that's hoping she's going to find out, you're going to find out that she's alive. By the way, did, did that bother you too? Because they showed a lot of death. Yeah. And it was disturbing. Especially with Benji, they showed his decrepit body. I know that was. I didn't like that. Hard to watch. Yeah, I don't like. See, that's a, maybe that's why we don't like shows such as this. I know it's not real; it's not real death, but it kind of freaked me out. I know, and they did that for a lot of the, the deaths. Oh yeah, and even when he attacked um, Peach, Peach yeah. in the at Central Park with the rock. What a freaking that was such a that. weird storyline. Oh my god! And then when. They were all out of her house. And by the way, when they had the lesbian kiss and all that, because she clearly loved Beck. She wanted to get with Beck, which he was right about. Say one thing about this crazy murderer that Goldberg was. He kind of knew everything that was going on. And he was right. She was obsessed with her and held Beck down. He, he was right at the end. I'm not trying to defend the murderer, but everything he said about, hey, I did this for you and look, your life's better off. I mean, I hate to say it. He was kind of right. Well, she was sinister in her own way, right? Manipulated her friend. Peach. Yeah. 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 And tried to have control over her. And she did. Yeah. And she wanted to, you know, end up with her. Remember? Yeah. We, and she was manipulative because when they were making out, right? And then the next day, she called her out on it. Beck called her out on it. And said, hey, you know, what the hell was that all about? She made it about her, like, this is on you. Mm-hmm. She, was, she was very unlikable. And that's what they did so well. Everybody he murdered, we didn't like. You watch the show, you're like, not that they deserve to die. I'm not saying anybody deserves to die. But they were unlikable characters. I mean, you have a mixed emotions there, right? Because, you know, at the one end, he's this murderer, but then he's cracking jokes, and you're, you find yourself laughing at those jokes. I know. How do they do that so well? I mean, some good writers. They make you not think the murderer, Joe Goldberg, is a douche. They, they manage to do that throughout this show, and it is kind of incredible. You know what was interesting? I was thinking about this as we were watching the last episode. Joe Goldberg, even the name sounds so innocent. Doesn't he sound like someone you would know? Yeah. Right? And so you come into this thinking, like, he's just like an everyday guy. He's an everyday Joe. Yeah. Exactly. And you don't know all of these thoughts and the way that he's approaching life. And he's 
He's crazy. And and they do reveal as this series goes on how he got there. The fact he was yeah. trapped basically by that dude in the same basement that he was using first for Benji and then for Beck to basically keep them captured there until he does whatever he was going to do and in both cases murder them. And I think that's another part of them making you have compassion for him. Well, there's a reason he became like this. He became like this because look at the way he was treated as a teenager. And you wonder, with this guy in the present, he had a quote-unquote stroke. Did he really right. have a stroke? Oh, you think or he... Or did something happen? You think he poisoned him? I don't know. <laughs> you know why? No, because he now looks back at him as somebody that did great stuff for him. He called him his Miyagi. So, no, I think he's just genuinely an old dude, but he looks back at things in a positive way. And, and you made a great point about this. When they're doing flashbacks, I mean, could you have worse casting? <laughs> Younger Joel Goldberg looks nothing like him. They should listen to uh, This Is Us. This Is Us does incredible casting. I know. When they do flashbacks, oh, my God, it, it's incredible. I the know. Mandy Moore looks like the Mandy Moore from a few years earlier. I'm yeah. kidding. But no. with the daughters and sons, they do a great job with that. I know. In this show, you can't help but be distracted by that and think about that the entire time they're having the flashback. <laughs> that doesn't look like Goldberg. <laughs> doesn't look like him at all. What are they doing? Well, and how old is this kid? Yeah, I mean, like he two was. Two years prior. <laughs> right, because how old, how old is the character? 30? Yeah, you would think, it, right? Yeah. So the character they're showing is 17. So to when, me, he looks like he's in his 20s. Oh, you think so? Yeah. But even if you're a teenager, you have the same person play him. Like, yeah. all you've got to do is have Joel Gorber play the part. The, Different hairstyle, maybe. Yeah. Look at Private Parts, that great movie uh, with Howard Stern. Uh, when they had a younger, not 12-year-old Howard Stern, who I was in the car with, but I mean, like 22-year-old Howard Stern. Howard Stern played it. They just made him look younger. Yeah. That's what they should have done. They should have done that. Um... The other thing I think back to from this show is the way I, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry about that. Wait, there was something else I wanted to get to with um with Joe Goldberg and his character and um Oh it, thank you. It just popped into my head. The ex girlfriend. So Candace. That episode I thought may have been the best one. Because which one the, the last one, one? Oh. no no it was maybe may in the second or third to last episode when she tries to find out what happened to Candace right so the girlfriend that he had in between the two relationships with Beck right breaks up or Joe breaks up with her she gives the warning to Beck you know whatever he did to Candace he'll probably do to you and it flashes in her brain what happened to this girl she does all that research to try because. We had known about, oh, he had this ex-girlfriend who supposedly went to Paris, right? They ran into a friend who made a comment about how bad the breakup was. That episode was great because we were finally getting information, and they certainly led you to believe that, A, he killed the music person, right? And then, B, that he killed her. But we still don't even know if he did or tried. Obviously, the show ends with Candace walking back into the bookstore. But even at this moment, did he try to kill her? Like, it what the hell happened? Like it sounds like it. It sounds like it. Like, why would she disappear otherwise? And then say you thought I was dead. Yeah. I don't, I'm not convinced of that, though. How do you think someone's dead? Look at the way he killed the other people. He freaking burned them and buried That's them. true. Maybe she just faked her death so that he would stop following Bingo. her. Bingo. See, I think you hit on it. I don't think he tried to kill her. 
And they leave that mystery open even before she showed up because when she did all the research to find out, like, hey, what's the answer? Um, it certainly sounds, you know, because the music executive gets pushed miraculously off a building. Even she thinks he killed her. We don't have a conclusion of it. Just him saying, hey, she disappeared. What do I know? So why would she come back? Why would she, if she knew something was wrong with this whole thing, like, why would she come back? Oh, I don't think she knows something's wrong with him. So why would she disappear? Because she never loved him. Remember, she said to him, I never loved you. She had no family, right? She only had a brother who was put away, who ended up dying. And so, look, I think that's what season two is about. And that was what I kept trying to figure out. Where are they going with season two? Where are they going with season two? And I could never think of a good idea as I was watching the show. I think they did come up with a good idea. Because that was the one storyline they didn't tie up at the end of season one. They tied everything else up, right? Beck's dead. She became a big-time author. The P.I. never figured out he was involved in any well, of these murders. The P.I. thing is not done, no. I'm not convinced that he thinks it's uh, Dr. Nikki. Oh, no, 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 no. And, and that, was, that was the other thing. So think about how this season ends, Okay. Beck is dead, obviously, that poor actress. You know, I don't know where she's going, but she ain't going to be on this show anymore. Okay, whatever she her name is. She was disappointed about that, actually, in is the that interview. Is that true? Yeah. Well, she was good. I liked her. She was yeah. good character. And she and she's a main character, and she's got nowhere to go. So that wasn't even a contract dispute. That was just a storyline thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So she's gone. She's a big-time author. That's it. These murders, these individual storylines, all gone. The two things they left open for season two, and I find them both interesting— Number one, the ex-girlfriend is back. What happened? Did he try to kill her? Where did she go? Did she fake her own death? Their story of their love, or maybe their rekindling, and the second story is P.I. still thinks it's him. Can I give you a third possibility? Is this by you reading a spoiler? Yes. Oh, come on. Do you want to know? Do you want me to keep it secret? What, well, is it a spoiler in what way? Because the season hasn't come out, so how could it be a spoiler? Um... I don't know exactly how got, how it got out. Go ahead. But do you want me to tell you? Yeah, well, you're going to tell the audience too. It, it relates to Paco. All right, just tell me. So apparently, he follows Claudia and Paco to L.A. Wait, wait well, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Did they film season two? I think it's in the process of being filmed, and it's taking place in L.A. Okay. Okay. So that's why... You know, they're leaving New York. He follows them there. He follows Paco and the Claudia. mother, Claudia, yeah. to L.A. Yeah. So they are revealing where they're going with season two. I mean, yeah, I guess they want to keep those characters involved. Guess so. Interesting. Interesting. Which makes me think maybe Paco's going to be a protege. Well, I mean, that's the other thing, and I'm glad you brought this up. So the other murderer that we're kind of forgetting is how he murdered the bad guy, the dude that was beating up. Um, Cynthia? Uh, Claudia. Claudia. I don't know why. Cynthia, Claudia. I think that's her name. <laughs> the, the, the one problem I always have, and this is the second time we've done a podcast about a TV show, and I'd have we this. names. Oh, I'm the worst <laughs> with names. I, I, like, want to describe them by how they look or how they act. So, like, I keep repeating people's names so I don't forget it. Paco, I can remember. Cynthia? No, Sylvia. No, that's you. Wait, what's her name? <laughs> Claudia. 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 I don't know why Claudia. Okay. Wait, what was I saying now? Oh, yeah. So when he killed Claudia's boyfriend. Ron. Ron. <laughs> You're better with names than I am. I can't remember these names. 
when he killed the douchebag in front of Paco and then explains to Paco, uh, look, sometimes murder's okay if it's for somebody you love. And oh, by the way, get some bleach and clean up the blood from in the hallway and don't tell anybody about this. That may have been the most effed up moment of this show because it's one thing to kill somebody. So let's think about it. He's killed four people in total, right? We forgot about Ron. Where we didn't forget, but we kind of exclude him. He killed four people, but this one's in front of a kid, and then the kid shut the door on Beck when she tried to escape. Yeah, yeah. He helped. Yeah, and how old is he supposed to be, 12? I mean, he's pretty young. He's a young kid. Yeah, that's screwed up. You're right. I mean, ah, boy, that's that's. They could be going down that road. Where Paco is going to start killing other 13-year-olds, other 12-year-olds? If you see how Joe developed, well, I don't know if he developed his psychosis that way, but the relationship he had with his, I don't know what do you call him, his mentor? His Miyagi. Miyagi. His Mr. Miyagi. It was very similar to what we're seeing right now. Yeah. Now, Paco doesn't have that darkness, if you want to call it that. Right, right, right. But he could develop. Well, he's seeing darkness. I mean, think about this in real terms. He's watching his mom get beat up, which is effed up to begin with. And then he watched a murder. Again, that's the weird thing about this. Other than Beck, who we never saw get killed, right? The one murder we never saw, the other three people who died in different ways were bad. Now, I think Ron was clearly the worst. I mean, the guy was beating up his girlfriend in a vicious, horrible way. And that's, I think, how they manipulate your mind into. Not understanding murder, because we don't in the real sense, in the real world. But in the TV show, it makes you say, ah, he's sort of still likable, even though he's clearly a killer. So why do you think Beck was the only one he, they didn't show the murder? <sighs> I think because of what I just said. Because Beck isn't bad, right? And I think in a weird way, even though, even though they showed these vile things in the murder, like a lot of blood or in uh, the other guy's case... The first guy, I forget his name. Uh, Benji. Benji. You're very good with these names. I give you credit. <laughs> with Benji, they show like his rot body. Yeah, I know. I don't think they wanted to do that with a main character and somebody that's in gen- generally good. That's my interpretation of it. Because he would seem less likable? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Think about it. When he killed Ron, did you say, wow, what a douche? Or did you say, good, Ron deserved it? I mean, I hate to say it, but it's you can't feel sad about Ron. Okay. That's my point. And I think that's why seeing him get stabbed isn't going to bother you as much as seeing Beck get stabbed. I mean, neither case is enjoyable to watch. So, like, I looked away when that happened. But, I mean, Ron was hurting Claudia, was exactly. hurting Paco. And, yeah, I mean, I... Did, did it not piss you off? And I've never been locked in a cage. Okay, I hope I'm never locked in a cage that she initially didn't just give him what he wanted. Oh, my God, of course, you did it for me. I love you. Now, please get me out of the cage. And then when she finally did do that and got out of the cage, don't instantly attack him. Go with it. Because think about this, right? So you have him believing, wow, she's bought in. We're going to get to run away with together. There's going to be a moment where peacefully you're by yourself and you can leave. Why would you instantly, and I know I'm talking real and it's a TV show, why would you instantly feel the need to not only attack him and put him in the cage, but then do a monologue explaining that he's a bastard? Get the hell out of there. Why are you screwing around? And it's, 
I, I know it's TV. How could I be annoyed? But it, it does annoy me. Does it not annoy you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I would have waited until I'm outside, I'm, like, on the street, and you have a clear getaway. You can't do it before that point. Would you uh, manipulate me if I locked you in a cage? Would you say, listen, Evan, it's okay, <laughs> blah, 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 and then just say, everything's great, let's run away together? Well, and that then... was another part that was hard. Like, why was she so honest with her feelings about being mad at him and hating him wouldn't you want to make him believe that you're on his side and you think he's great and awesome so that he lets you go and that's what she did to initially get out of the cage but it took her a long time to get there yeah it, it was frustrating i mean you'd beg to get out of a kit you'd beg to get out of it i would think i would think that's what you would do do you think the show's going to be hurt not having her in season two i don't know i mean it really depends on what direction they go it, it was one of those things when you think about a show of this type that they need to keep it fresh and interesting. Like, where could you go with that storyline, really? You couldn't go anywhere. That, I, think, I think that's the inherent problem, that as that season was going on, if you're going to continue a show, like, there are some shows, I, I remember I told you about this show, and I, I completely forgot the name of it. it. The gimmick was, there's a doctor, okay? And the doctor is being threatened that her entire family is going to be killed unless when she's performing surgery on the president, she kills the president. That was the storyline, right? And it was on network TV. It was a network TV show five, six years ago. And I remember saying, oh, my God, this is an amazing concept. Wow, this is crazy. And the first episode was amazing. Second episode was amazing. Third episode was very good. By the fourth episode, I remember thinking they have nowhere to go. This is not a sustainable TV show. This is a movie. It's a very compelling movie. You can't sustain this. And I think with this show, if you were going to have another season, which they did, I don't think it was ever going to be sustainable with the both of them unless she never found out. Once she found out that he was crazy and a murderer, you can't continue both of them in the show. That was their only other option to keep her continuously in the dark. But then that could be boring going into season two. Like, what else could they do? Or to escape and maybe be in hiding if that was. Yeah, I guess that's not really. I don't possible. think that's where they're going with it. I think it's going to be more of the same where it's this mystery. It's kind of manipulative. I think if she's on the run, that's just it's a it's a completely different show. Yeah. Are you excited for season two now? I am. I don't know when it's coming out, but yeah, it'll be interesting. This is a good choice. Every yeah. once in a while, we find a good show that we could binge and really sink our teeth into and then record a podcast for. And That's I think right. this one hit it. Mm -hmm. So good job out of you. Thanks. Anytime. This is my beautiful wife, Sylvia Del Carmen Roberts. This has been another edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast as we talk about the TV show, You. Thanks for listening.